Yeah, you guys were supposed to be singing that. We've been playing that video for like eight weeks now, and I only heard one person putting it out there. In case you missed it, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And today, we're going to talk about experiencing God through the fruit of the Spirit that is goodness. But the question is, how exactly do we do that? How can we experience God through goodness when we, have, we live in a society, we live in a world where we have really watered down the meaning of the word goodness? Today, we're going to get into what goodness is all about, how we can develop the fruit of the Spirit that is goodness, and we're going to see how we can live it out in our lives every day. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you, uh, as I said earlier, for the opportunities we have to come together to worship and, and to just open up our hearts to your word. I pray that today as we talk about goodness, um, that it just won't be something that we just kind of let settle into our minds. But I hope that it, and pray that it's something that, that stirs in our hearts. That as we leave here today, we'll leave differently than how we've come. Uh, I pray that you will, you will help us to, to define goodness, help us to live goodness, help us to, to use goodness to be a reflection of you in this community. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever noticed the, the wide and sometimes even careless uses that, that we make of the word good? Everything is good. We use it so frequently that we've almost used it without thinking. You know, something that you think uh, or an experience that you've had that you may think is good, someone else will consider eh, fair or poor or maybe even evil. It happens. Good has implications. Uh, it has impl- implications of some degree of excellence. When you say the word good, there, you're, you're automatically thinking there's an, a level of excellence in it. The question is where that precise degree of excellence actually lies in the way that you're using the word good. See, when we, when we use the word good, it just has this sweeping generality. Matter of fact, I got to look in it at how many different ways there are to use the word good. And there's one dictionary, the Reader's Digest. You know it's good if Reader's Digest did it. My, my uncle loves that Reader's Digest. But the Reader's Digest Complete Oxford Word Finder, which I don't even know if it's really a dictionary, but it's a word finder. It devotes an entire six by nine page in very fine type to list all of the ways we use the word good. I'm going to share a few of those with you. Uh, we use it to indicate, indi- indicate competence. He's good at math. Reliability. The brakes worked good. Strength. They, he has good eyesight. Kindness. Well, it was good of you to come by. Moral excellence. You did a good deed or your good works. Behavior. You're a good child. Enjoyment. That was a good party. Thoroughness. Gave it a good wash. This we always ask when you ask, how'd you wash the car? I gave it a good wash. <laughs> Missed a lot, but... Um, <laughs> immensity in number. This one I like to call the preacher's count version of using the word good. We had a good many people at service today. That could be three or 300. It doesn't matter. We had a good many people. Uh, it can be a beneficial thing. Milk is good for you. Or soundness. Give me one good reason. Freshness, is the milk still good? (laughs) Worthiness, good old George, he'll do anything. Or attractiveness, Fat Rock has good legs. Um, (laughs) It's good that he keeps them covered. (laughs) Is that better, Larry? (laughs) Moral rightness, I did it for your own good. Promise, this one I like, is the good news. 
a desirable end, a, a sacrificing something in the present for the future good. And then there's always favor, a, a good review, if you will. Uh, there are many more, but I had to stop somewhere. I thought, you know what, this is good enough. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> ah, thank you. You're too kind. Uh, to, to give us a really good overview. That's a very versatile word. We use it in everyday language. The word good it's used as a noun, it's used as an adjective, it's used as an adverb, and it's also the root of the word goodness. Now we're getting to what we came here for. The common idea in almost all of the uses of the word good is it suggests something that is desirable, a quality that we want to have, something commendable, reliable, welcome, enjoyable, beneficent, kind, noble, admirable, exemplary, and something that's very much welcome. I hope you wrote all those down so now you can use the word good properly. But in the good word, in the word goodness, the inner qualities of virtue, excellence of character, morality and attitude, those are the things that we see in a person's behavior that come from the word goodness. You see, because goodness is a quality of conduct. It's an action. It's kindness at work. In the Bible, the word relates with righteousness and generosity. The word goodness is not found in the secular Greek. However, the word agathos, which is good, in Greek, as opposed to poneros or evil in Greek, to be good in the case of the fruit of the Spirit means to be generous, open-handed, open-hearted. Case in point, a miserly person could be considered evil. A generous person is good. Do y'all remember, I love this, it's kind of like Christmas in June. Do you remember Charles Dickens' story, the Christmas classic, uh, A Christmas Carol? You remember that? It was first published in 1843. It tells the story of a bitter old miser, Ebenezer Scrooge, and his transformation, resulting from supernatural visits by his old partner, Jacob Marley, and the ghost of Christmas's past, present, and yet to come. The story I read, it met instant critical acclaim. It's also been said that Dickens' Carol was one of the greatest influences in rejuvenating the old Christmas traditions of England. But even though it brings the, it brings the reader images of light and joy and warmth and life as you get to the end of the story... In the beginning of the story, it brings in those strong and unforgettable images of Scrooge's life. Darkness, despair, coldness, sadness, and even death. Scrooge himself is the embodiment of winter. And and just as winter is followed by spring and the renewal of life, so is his cold, pinched heart. It's restored to the innocent goodwill he had known in his childhood and in his youth. I think that Scrooge and the the Christmas Carol story is a great example of the fruit of the Spirit that is goodness. Because prior to his visits, he was a miserly person. He had no ounce of goodness in him. The story at the beginning creates such a such this horrible picture of Scrooge. You know, he 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 didn't appreciate the people that worked for him. He had no love but the love for money. Lost uh, his his what would have been his fiance because of his love for business and money. As you really look into that story. He didn't have an ounce of goodness in him. And then he wakes up on, on Christmas Day after these visits. He's a changed man. And not only is he a changed man, but he's changed so much that people don't know what to do with him. You know, he, he comes out and he's, he's like, he's got all this money. He's like, you there, what day is it? It's Christmas, sir. Go buy me a turkey. What? This guy never spoke to people. He, he, he completely changes. And not only does he wake up someone who wants to do good, but he begins to put action with his desires for goodness. He begins, he, he immediately that day, he goes and he buys the stuff for Tiny Tim's family. He goes to see uh, Tiny Tim's dad and tells him he gets the whole day off with pay and, and all this good stuff happens. And here's the key to the whole thing. 
It wasn't until his heart changed that he was able to release the goodness that was in him. I believe that there is goodness in all of us. Unfortunately, even Christians have allowed the world to stifle some of our goodness. I I think many Christians today, we act like Scrooge. I'm not going to serve communion. They can get it themselves. I've been going long enough. I'm not going to the downtown rescue mission to serve. Those people got themselves into that situation. Or we see maybe a mother struggling through the store with toddlers we don't even open the door for. Bah, humbug! That's how we look at a lot of our opportunities for goodness as Christians. And it breaks my heart. You see, if we're going to experience God through the Holy Spirit, we have to start with the fruit of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness. No more living our Christian life through the vision of Ebenezer Scrooge. What's in it for me? The word no should not be our first response to someone who's in need. No more living out that way. One, one of my favorite parables of, of, about, that Jesus talks about is from Matthew chapter 20. Go ahead and turn, turn your Bibles there. What I love about this parable is it's the vineyard owner. And, 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 and it, it's about the vineyard owner and he is full of goodness. Uh, there are several things of this parable that, that are amazing to me, but we're going to focus on, on the vineyard, on just the owner. All right, I'm going to read through it, but I want you to think about how awesome this guy is. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1, Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. When he agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, that was the wage, they were going to pay a denarius, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out in about the third hour, and he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. And so they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers in and pay them for their, pay them their wages, beginning with the last group to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. Verse 11. When they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own money, with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So the last shall be first and the first last. Now, as I said, there are a lot of things to take away from this, but... In my opinion, what makes this landowner awesome, besides the fact that, that he is God, because the land is, you know, it's the kingdom of heaven is like this, uh, he's demonstrating the very mercies and goodness of the kingdom of heaven. No matter when you become a Christian, early in life or later in life, the reward for living a Christian life, the reward for toiling for the Lord, for living with goodness, the, the reward for that is the goodness of heaven. Whether you grew up in the church or you grew up in the streets, doesn't matter. The reward is the goodness of heaven. When your work here on earth is done, Christian, the reward, the salary that you will receive of heaven is the same for all of us. Unfortunately, I won't get a better house in heaven because I preach than the one that you get because you sing. 
right? And just because you think better than me doesn't mean you get a nicer house. The reward is the goodness of heaven. I love what the vineyard owner says. He says, hey, we agreed on a wage and you worked and I paid you. Why can't I do what I want with my money and pay them the same? Because the reality is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the goodness of God is available for all of us. All we have to do is accept it. And if we accept the goodness of God, then we'll be able to reflect like what the Bible says in, in 3 John, verses 1 through 11, or verses 111. Um, chapter 1, verse 11. We'll do that one. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. The one who, the one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Who do you want to be? Do you? Do you want to be the person who sees and experiences God through goodness? Or would you rather go through life not seeing God? See, I think the people we have in our world, or the problem we have in our world is that the people who call themselves Christians don't always truly live life as followers of Christ. Sometimes they don't even try to be a reflection of him. Therefore, they're missing out. I think they're missing out on seeing God. I think we're missing out on experiencing God through goodness. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 34. I want you to look at what happens with the Gentiles here when they hear the good news. Acts chapter 10, we'll start with verse 34. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. See right there, there's the goodness of God right there coming in. Every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Verse 36, the word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. Verse 40, God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to the witnesses who were chosen before him by God. That is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. The Bible goes on to say that when they heard this good news, the good news of Christ and God, that they experienced the Holy Spirit and they were baptized. Now, what does this have to do? What does this good news have to do with goodness? It's kind of like the parable of the vineyard. Here, God is pouring out a spirit on his audience and they know what they're hearing is true. And they accept it and they believe it and they begin to live it out. And they are grateful for what's been given to them. We should do the same. Goodness is available to all of us. When you look through Scripture time and time again, the goodness of God's grace is available. But sadly, it seems like goodness is a fruit of the Spirit that we seldom eat from or that we live out seldomly in our lives. I have one more Scripture setting for you. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 16 through 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, Comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work 
and word. So what is goodness? In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. And fruit here means the beneficial results, the good things that come from the Spirit's indwelling in us. As the Holy Spirit works in our lives, our character changes. Where we once harbored selfishness and bitterness and cruelty and rebelliousness and, and spite, we now have the ability to possess love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything in the list that I just read off reflects the character of God, and, the, and goodness is one of those that relates directly to morality. Goodness is virtue and holiness in action. It results in a life that's characterized by how we live, motivated by righteousness and a desire to be a blessing to others. It's a moral characteristic of a spirit-filled person. The Greek word translated goodness, I said earlier, is agathos. It's defined as uprightness of heart and life. Agathos is goodness for the benefit of others, not goodness simply for the sake of being virtuous. It's not goodness for my sake. It's goodness for the sake of others. That's what it is. Some, some people with, with agathos will self, selflessly act on behalf of others. They'll put everything else in front of them. Or just to be painfully clear on this subject, when I say that it's, it's, not, it, it's a benefit for others, it's not simply for the sake of being virtuous, something we need to understand about goodness is that when we have Christian brothers and sisters who are confronting someone, another Christian, about a sin in their life or about maintaining accountability, that's not judgment. That's a demonstration of goodness. Because I don't want you to stay there. I'm going to share the goodness I have, the knowledge I have, knowing that what you're doing is bad for you. I'm going to bring the benefit of, of putting that out in front of you so you can wrestle with it. And I hope you'll do the same. I, it's an ebb and flow. We have to do that with one another in order to really experience what goodness is. Goodness is, is something that is, that is a selfless act. It's for the benefit of others. Sometimes it seems painful at first. We don't, we don't like to look at it that way. When you talk about goodness, people want to have like fluffy little feelings of bunnies and stuff. But sometimes to get there, you've got to break through some of that. And so sometimes goodness, the act of goodness, it seems, it seems painful at first. But goodness lived out properly will help you move away from sin and honor God. Goodness lived out amongst each other here will help us to, to walk side by side with accountability and with love for one another. So goodness, agathos, is also giving to the poor. It's also providing for your children and your family. It's visiting the sick. It's volunteering to clean up after a storm. It's praying for an enemy. It's all these things, these expressions of goodness. And, and they're as varied as the Spirit is creative. It's all those things wrapped up into one word. It's not a quality that we can manufacture on our own. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights. And this certainly includes a life that's characterized by goodness in letting the Holy Spirit lead us. We are blessed with the fruit of goodness. As other people see our good works, they will praise our Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5 16. Uh, allow me to put just kind of a nice bow on all this goodness talk and to wrap it up neatly for you. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 22, verse 37. And, and remember, the goal in studying out the fruit of the Spirit is to experience God in all of them, not just memorize them so we can sing them. But, but I think it starts with this verse, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37. 
And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And there's also John 13, 35, where Jesus says to his disciples, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When we love God with all our heart, our soul and our mind, when we love one another, if we do these things first, we will cultivate goodness in our lives. We will cultivate goodness in our congregation. We will cultivate goodness in our community. We will experience God through the fruit of the spirit that is goodness. As, as we come to our response time today, I hope that you will respond to God in goodness. I don't know where you've been lately. Maybe you haven't been as good to others as God has asked you to be in the past. Maybe you haven't had agathos, goodness, toward anyone in a long while. I want to encourage you to start today. Whether it's, whether it's fixing something with an old friend or... or making something right or, or stepping out. And maybe there's somebody you need to share goodness with in a form of accountability of their lifestyle, in the form of accountability of the way they're working or the way they're, they are or not uh, living life as a Christian. Whatever it is, I pray that your response today will be through goodness. Last week, I challenged everyone in the room to go out and do one act of random kindness every day for someone that you don't know. Now, remember just a minute ago, I said that agathos is part of accountability. So I'm doing this out of goodness. If you did one act of kindness every day for a stranger, go ahead and stand up. Awesome. Awesome. If you did it, say, keep, just keep standing. Because hopefully every, every, like, like every other day, if you did something, act of kindness, random act of kindness every other day. All right. There's a few more. Good, good, good. Random act of kindness, one day, last week. For somebody you don't know, we're getting there. If, how about just on last Sunday, while it was fresh in your mind, and I told you to leave and go out and leave a whole bunch of money for a tip. If you did one, one act of kindness last week, when you left last Sunday, just one. Doesn't have to be big. All right. The point of that activity, don't sit down, don't sit down, because I'm going to have you stand up in just a second anyways. Everybody else go ahead and stand up so they don't feel alone. Um, listen, agathos is used in accountability. Right here in this room, I believe that we have the ability to change our community with a life-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ. I believe that we have the ability to change and to be a catalyst of change for our state and for our world. But what I need to find out is, do we have the agathos? Do we have the spirit of goodness in this room? Enough of it to go out here and be uncomfortable and change our community for Jesus Christ. That, that's what we need to know. All of these things in the fruit of the spirit build together. And you can't do just one and not the other. You can't just pick the one you like. Well, I like love. Love you, man. You can't do that. They all build together. We need agathos. You need goodness. I'm not saying you're bad people because you didn't go and do something. Don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. We have abilities. There's, there's a good number of you here today. There's, there's at least 200 people. Preachers count. Thank you. We have the ability to make a difference.
Do we have the fruit of the Spirit that is goodness? Do you care enough to really go out and do an act of random kindness? Do we have it? As we come to this response time, search yourself. Maybe you're coming face to face with the reality that you've left out goodness in your Christian life. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It's just something you've overlooked. My prayer is you will begin to work the fruit of the spirit of goodness, all of them, but of goodness into your life again. It's a simple process. Just look for ways that you can put others first in your life. Look through scripture. Find all the times that Jesus put someone else's needs before his own. And then begin to reflect that in your life. Live agathos. Live goodness. If you're, not, if you're not sure how to live goodness, the elders are here. They'd love to share with you and to, and to pray with you about this and how to get started on that or, or anything else you may be going through. And maybe for you to, to, to begin to live goodness, you need to submit yourself to baptism for the first time. We can do that. I don't know what you need to do, but I just want to challenge you today as we sing our response time. Think about how you can live agathos, how you can live out goodness when you leave here. And not just this week because it's fresh, but every day. Think on that as we have our response time. Um, real quick, I'm going to have the uh, young, young ones from Johnson University, Florida. They're going to come up. You may or may not know this. Come all the way up here, way up here. Um, it, camp season started last week. Are we your first stop? Second stop. Okay. Um, so these guys have come and they're going to be at Alabama Christian Service Camp with not just our junior and senior high kids, but a whole bunch of other junior and senior high kids um, from around Alabama. But then they're traveling on down to, where are you going next? Um, Tennessee. Tennessee. On up to Tennessee. They got a whole route that they're planning this summer. And I just asked them, hey, at the end of service, I want you guys to come forward. Mike, come on up too, please. Um, and our elders are going to pray with these guys and just pray over them uh, as they are going to these camps. They're going to meet all kinds of kids. They're going to hear all kinds of stories and they're going to be a light and they're going to be an encouragement and they're going to be all these things. And so I just wanted our elders to pray over them and for them for safe travel, for wisdom, for discernment. Um, each of them are involved in, in ministry type studies. And so grab them afterwards and say, hey, what are you doing in college? And they'll be glad to tell you all about it. So I'm going to stop talking. You guys pray. That's pro- Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, do lift up these young men and women who have committed themselves to a life of service for you, have committed themselves to betterment uh, of their world. And Father, as they uh, travel this summer, we pray for their safety, we pray for good travel, and we pray for the young people that they come in touch with, younger than themselves, that they will teach about Jesus, that it is through their efforts, their teaching, and the teaching of the ones that they teach in the future, that it will come to uh, bring the saving knowledge of your Son to many people. So we lift them up, Father, and just pray for your, uh, your to be with them in all that they say and do. Father, we're so thankful for these three that, uh, that have followed the admonishment of Paul and have studied uh, your word, uh, workmen that need not be uh, ashamed. Father, as these young people uh, work with uh, junior high and senior high in camps this summer, that you would uh, fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would be an influence uh, on the young people they come in contact with. As Larry prayed, we pray for safety and uh, travel and in the activities during the weeks of camp. 
Father, we thank you for their uh, service and the light uh, that they are in this world. This we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, Well, hey, it's been great to worship with you all this morning, but now it's time to go. As you go this week, remember this. Remember, take time to energize yourself in the Lord. Get into His Word. Spend time with Him this week and begin to develop a fruitful life in the Spirit. You will experience God in goodness when you do that. And and you can still go out this week and live out that act of random kindness. It's never too late. After all, God has shown us what is good. I shared with you last week Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Live out the fruit of goodness this week. Take good care and have a great week.